0: Friends, welcome back to the Ransom Part Podcast. John Eldridge here in the month of September, which for so many families is a big change of seasons. And we were picking up part two of a conversation just about um, school and back to school and parenting and some of the challenges that we were naming last time that parents face now and the kids face now that we didn't all face growing up and going through, you know, second grade and you're worrying about a score and a test because you're not going to get into a good college because you're not going to get a good job and then you're going to be poor. Like, like crazy stuff. The pressures we were naming last time. And um, one of the ones I want to pick up on actually was sports. Stacey, you were naming that you haven't been a big sports family, but you'd love for Riley to be able to try some sports. Yeah. We're, we're talking about middle school right. here. This isn't college athletics, right? right? This isn't a division one school, yeah. I, right? And softball and volleyball, and already feeling like
1: we're behind. Right. A lot of people, their children have been in sports since the age of two. Exactly. It's the cutest thing in the world, but my right. kids don't stand a chance.
0: Right. The culture that we're living in now mm-hmm. is that if you want your kid to do well in sports, they start before they can walk yeah you, you start them in diapers right you yeah. see them there it's the baseball family it's the football family it's you know the volleyball family and by the time they're in middle and high school it is serious competition mm-hmm. and how, how did your family navigate the sports thing how are you navigating the sports thing Kelly I you know you guys have been kind of a basketball family there's a lot of been a lot of joy in that and Alan's coach some teams and stuff. Talk to us about navigating the sports thing. We
2: are mainly a basketball family, and we have been for a while. Alan coaches and Hope and Chase, our two youngest, play. Gray played our oldest for a while, and then he got to high school and just didn't love it very much because in high school athletics, you have to love it because it is required to be a huge part of your life. Oh, it's your life. It is. Yeah. Year-round. So we said, great, don't do it. Chase is playing tackle football, so I take a lot of walks because he's on the defensive line to get some air. (laughs) But I would say the answer for us is perspective. Alan's coached, and that brings a a different dynamic. But if our kids wanted to quit tomorrow, that'd be great. That'd be fine. Great. He's played every sport. He's played volleyball and soccer in one year each, you know, and that's great. Try You know, as a sophomore, he tried soccer. And he was one of the kids that was playing among the kids that had played since they were four. But we don't hold that. We were like, you know what? Have fun. That's actually, Mm. isn't that what sports is supposed Mm. to be? I forget. Mm. I think. (laughs) I think it's supposed to be
0: fun. I just want to name. I think there's this idea in parents that it's the college scholarship. Yeah. It's how we're going to get, some money for school, Mm -hmm. right? And therefore, you got to pick one and and you got to get good and you got to get on the team because this is going to get you into a college scholarship. And I would just say that the pressure that that introduces into a family culture and onto a child is actually not worth the dollars. To be honest, the chances that your kid's going to get a full ride or even a partial ride on on a sports scholarship are frankly pretty small in this incredibly competitive world now. That's a big roll of the dice gang. Don't know that it's particularly worth it, but the sports thing, like why didn't you do the sports family thing?
1: We are a family of hikers living in beautiful Colorado. um, And that felt enough for us. Jake did do baseball, I think when he was six with the YMCA. But other than that, neither of them really asked to participate in much. Oh, So we didn't, push it and i will confess that riley did ask to do dance um i had a lot of anorexic friends growing up who were really into dance and that was a very serious concern for me for Mm -hmm. my daughter especially in this day Mm -hmm. and age Mm -hmm. and so i let her do it just for a little bit when she was probably four but it's it's not something that i
0: and not just dance but female athletics yeah Right. Yeah. Gymnasts, right, yeah. and runners. And I mean, there's right. that is a epidemic. Yeah. Right. Eating it, disorders is an epidemic because of the competition, yeah. because of the stress levels. And yeah. And that parent has to think about those things.
1: Yeah. It may have been a fear-based decision. But I always knew once they hit middle school if they were interested in pursuing a sport. I would be all in. Okay. And Riley said softball, and I'm all in. We're, yeah. we're really excited. And everyone on her team has played softball before, and she has not. But her enthusiasm to be out on the field is just beautiful. Like, she's so happy to be there. oh, So happy to be there.
0: Yeah. And that softball thing, by the way, how's that going at home? Oh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of room in the yard to knock that, Laura.
1: <laughs> we don't have a garage and Riley and her brother were practicing the other day and she threw it right into my car window.
0: <laughs> Through
1: the car window. Yeah.
0: And that's so right a passage. Yes. this
1: has become an expensive sport. Yeah, <laughs> all very of a quickly. sudden. <laughs>
0: yes. All of a sudden. Let's talk a little bit about the technology piece. How are you navigating as a family the whole technology thing? Do your kids have phones? Do they not have phones? How do you restrict? Like, what are you doing with that?
3: We went to an incredible preschool where the directors of the preschool took time each week to talk to us about this stuff and the stuff that's coming our way. And we thank God for their guidance and their Mm -hmm. wisdom. And I think for us, because our kids were young enough, we got to dodge some of this stuff with great information and just even all the data out there that talks about what screen time does to kids' brains. I mean, it's there's a lot out there. So, so far, and again, my kids are young, so it's easier right now. It will get harder and harder. But for a few years, we just said no. It's easier to just not have it than to say no all the time, right? So, we didn't have a TV for years.
0: So you're a technology-free household.
3: We have a TV now, but we only watch Netflix, which isn't great. There's some downsides to Netflix. Sure. Right? Nowadays, you can always watch the next episode, where our day and age, you had to wait a week.
0: Yeah, yeah. We no binge watching. <laughs> yeah. Come on.
3: So that's a whole thing.
0: Technology.
1: So it, it is... Difficult. I see the influence of how my kids are being raised with technology at the rate it's going as compared to what we had. Like the DVD player was a really big deal when I was in, I don't know, middle school or high school. That was exciting. My kids have iPads. We considered getting them a phone in middle school. My son actually said he doesn't need one. So that made me realize they don't need one. And we said when they're 14, we'll think about it. And that just got any questions off the table about when they're getting one. Um, and we haven't had to talk about it. Wow. Since, it wow. Just, yeah, that worked really well. Mm. We'll see what happens when they turn 14, though. Mm-hmm. But it is a little difficult to like, I'm not fully against technology. It's the way the world is going. And I want to teach my children to be responsible with it, to have conversations with people and not just be on their iPad or on my phone, you know, Jake wants to be a video game designer. So I want to honor his heart and his passion for technology. And again, teaching him the balance of when you need to be a, a human and connect with people.
0: Yeah. Can we just pause and say how adorable that is? How many young boys oh my gosh. have hit that phase where they're going to be a video game designer? Yeah. God or, yeah. yeah expert Expert. Yeah. So. Mind it. Yeah. Really sweet. It, it is sweet. Yeah.
3: And they're, they're learning it. I mean, they know how to yeah. program. It's fascinating it's crazy. Yeah, what they're yeah. learning. Yeah. It's a balance.
0: And high schoolers, what are you doing with technology?
2: I think I said in the last podcast, it's a part-time job. Thinking about it, praying about it, talking about it. I feel like we are learning to navigate it. Yeah. We don't know. You know, Alan was telling Hope the other day, first year in high school, and they were talking about, don't you ever, ever, ever... Say yes to a date over text. Are you kidding me? You know, Hope's like, well, why? And (laughs) look at each other like, our answers are so clumsy. Oh, my gosh. But um, it's too much. Those are the words that come to my mind. It is too much for a 15 to 17-year-old to handle, to discipline themselves and we're the parents that discipline for them you can't be on the phone in the car that's a rule after nine o'clock you turn it in i mean we we read all their texts we're those parents but it's being accessed to too much mm. um i will say this i think we made a lot of mistakes over the past few years with technology because we just didn't know honestly um, but one thing that we have done well is we've kept them out of social media. And honestly, they don't have a big appetite for that.
0: Holy cow. That's I know. That's
2: But I will say this. I love that because, and I think that's just maybe God's protection of them. It adds to what we talked about last time of the stress of being super great, amazing, and you put this facade out that you choose on Facebook or you choose on Instagram and one of the messages of high school is that you're not enough anyway yeah. and you compare yourself so i'm i'm so glad about
0: that mm, that's huge yeah. okay fear i want to talk about fear and then i want to talk about praying for your kids like the fears that get in to a parent's heart like what are you wrestling with what are your fears?
1: My most current one was sending them to the new school. Fear that, is this really the right decision? Are we going to mess them up for the rest of their lives? Um, What kind of friends are they going to make? It's not guaranteed that they'll make great friends at the new school. And then what influences will they be under there? And the fear of, are they so mad at us right now, they're just totally going to go out and left field. I think what's most interesting about that is it's all kind of based on what I am doing. You know, the fear of how I am messing them up versus Mm -hmm. looking at the bigger picture and, oh yeah, God told us to do this Mm. and we are walking in faith and there is so much good in our decision, but fear can often take over.
0: Oh my gosh. Fear, it feels like the perennial parental battle. Yeah. Just for our own hearts, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Who are they hanging out with? What are they learning, yeah. right? What, we, what are they receiving by text or social media mm-hmm. or YouTube? I mean, just, oh. you know, all of it, right? And the fear, have I blown it? Mm-hmm. Was that a bad call as a parent yeah. on X, Y, or Z, or sports, on technology, on friendships, on homework, you know, all that stuff, right? What are the fears that you two are are wrestling with?
3: I think a fear of will they do well. It feels like a lot of the fears boil down to what I project on them that were my fears. Wanting to do a better job of sorting through what's mine, what's theirs, staying in touch.
0: What are the fears you're projecting on them?
3: Friends, what they're being exposed to goes on in the bathroom, you know, things that you just don't get to be there. You don't get to be a part of their day. And you don't get to be their savior. You don't get to know it all. Some kids come home and tell their parents everything about their day. Sometimes I ask my friends who have little girls, what happened in class today? Because my boys are like, great. What was your favorite part? Recess.
2: Great.
0: Okay. Cal, what about you? What's...
2: I'll start by saying these days and this season, it's the only place in my life that I really battle fear. It really is. Hmm. It's the biggest part of contending for good things. What are the specific fears? Um, I mean, nowadays you have to fear for their safety when they leave your home, when you drop them off at the curb. Um, You can get tied up in that you know?
0: Pretty easily. That's not right. like an out-of-question, absurd fear.
2: Right. It's a very as it realistic we concern. Yeah.
0: Right.
2: But I think bigger than that is the category of just who they're going to be. Like you said, our, our voice gets quieter and a little quieter. At least it feels that way as they grow. They believe things that aren't true. They don't know really how to guard their heart yet. There are all kinds of things that play into the decisions they make and who they're going to be. And so, for me, I have to guard my heart. I have to—I can't really listen to a lot of people and a lot of things. have to turn the news off a lot because fear can get in in about 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. But I would say that the category of what they're going to do, who they're going to be, I have to remind myself— It's a journey. It's ongoing. Who knows who they're going to be in middle school or high school? Like, nobody knows who they're going to be. Nobody is who they're going to be.
0: Can I offer a little hope here for a second? I can just (laughs) feel the fear factor going up. Okay. (laughs) So, um, by middle school, I was already doing drugs. I was breaking into houses. Okay? Middle school. High school, police record, and I'm kicked out of high school. Okay so I'm not just failing classes I I am kicked out of high school and Jesus stepped in and at 19 introduced himself to me and and kind of through my brokenness not kind of through it totally through it it was my brokenness that brought me to Christ and and I just realized I'm a, I'm a mess I'm a mess there's there's no denying it and I'm not a good human being literally my salvation prayer was Jesus I think that you know what to do with that. So if you're there, I pray you'd help. That was it. You know, I didn't have anybody lead me through the four spiritual laws or anything. I mean, as effective as those things are. And, and I turned out okay, gang.
2: Yeah, You
0: know, I'm a fairly now. good you guy did. now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, I have a wife and I have a family and I have granddaughters. And so I just want to say, folks, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. And we we found that actually... This was one of the guiding principles of our parenting, especially into the teenage years. You're going to be okay because all the pushback and all of the fears and all that that's going on, you know what you want to do is you want to control, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You want to start clamping down and, you know, and what do they do with that? They fight back. If we could communicate that, hey, we're okay. We're okay, you're gonna be fine. It brought down everybody's anxiety level a little bit in the house there, so i just I just want to offer that um
1: John, that's actually so helpful in what is like going through my head right now in that Jesus had you, right, and he has each of our children, right, and that was just a beautiful picture of, yes, that is
0: true, yeah, yeah, it Thank is you. true. it is true, so okay, the single most helpful thing we could offer is. How do you pray for your kids? And I'm just curious, like personally, intimate, like individually, everybody's so different on this. How, how do you pray for your kids? We
3: really got serious this past year with some things that our kids went through to every morning, every morning, we have to pray for them. We need to pray for them. We need to bring them to God. You and your husband. My husband and I together in the mornings. Okay. Get up earlier than we want to. We needed to do that. And it's not enough to talk about it a lot. What's going on with our kids? What have they been through? What kind of help do we need to get them? One of our sons, we got into counseling. We had to know that in our home— we are fighting for Him.
0: Through prayer. Through prayer. Not just processing. Right. Yeah.
3: Which is easy to do. You feel like you covered it all. Yeah. Right. But yeah. you didn't align yourself with Christ and um, remind yourself that it's going to be okay because they have God. And the other thing, we used to carpool with a family, which was lovely. They would pick up my kid and get him to school, but that didn't work out this last year. And... Good friends of ours, Morgan and Sherry Snyder, uh, passed on to us at what a special time that has been with their kids. We drive them across towns, 20 minutes, and that has turned into a priceless time of checking in with them. What do you think you want um, Jesus to come into today? What are you looking forward to today? What are you worried about today? And we pray out loud together. Usually it's me kind of mostly, but guiding them and asking them to weigh in and asking them. I mean, what I want most with all my fears is for Jesus to come into them and for them to have their own relationship with Jesus. Mm. I can pray for them up and down all day long that they wouldn't feel alone, but I want them to be able to pray that in the middle of their day at school.
0: Yeah. So you're praying with your husband every day. For your kids in the morning and you're also praying with your boys on the way to school.
3: And then at night.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. What does that look like in your house, Days?
1: I can't top
0: that. <laughs> it's not a comparison thing. Every family's different.
1: And we're
3: we're going through a hardcore season because some hard stuff happened to get us there. Yes. And I we know. we don't nail it every day.
1: I find myself just especially these past few weeks. With the transition and seeing their heartache and their transition, just on my knees, asking God to come for them and praying for a stronger relationship in their walk with God so that when seasons like this come that are really hard, that they can lean on Him. Mm. Um, That is probably my biggest prayer for them. It often begins out of a fear. Sure. Yeah. So... I'm quickly hit with my need to release Jake and Riley to God. And again, just the story you told John, it's true. Like God has them, he has them, and um, he will never leave them. Nothing I do will change that. Mm-hmm. And and there's great peace in that. Also, the, the key thing that I actually have a lot of authority over their lives in the name of Jesus. Um, and there's a lot that I can pray to usher in into their lives. Um, when they don't know that it's a hard day and to turn to God and to really put words with Him, what's going on, I I can take authority over that situation. Yep. So personally, God has them and 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 trying to release that to them.
0: The fears do drive you to prayer, don't
1: they? Oh, they drive me to prayer.
0: I mean, they, that's kind of the yeah. silver lining of the whole parental fear thing. It yeah. does amp up your prayer life.
1: And mm. it's good and I think that's the the walk Jesus wants to have with him is to is to bring everything to him. And yeah. it, you know, then we bless the goodness yeah. in their lives. Yeah. In the fear. I also find myself often praying for their future spouses. Yes. Regularly. Yes. Because absolutely. of what I'm witnessing. Right. Other children.
0: Right.
2: Like, yeah. I I need to pray for them too.
0: Yeah. What is what does that look like in your household?
2: So for all three of them, we're pretty simple. Alan and I pray, and we've been praying for years, the same thing, which is encounter. Mm. Just that they would encounter Him, however creatively He comes to them. I have a memory of several years ago, maybe you all have seen him where it's a calendar of 30 days, and you pray something different over your kids every day for 30 days. We were doing that and it kind of wore us out. (laughs) One day you pray for integrity, the next day you pray for honesty, the next day. And we thought, you know what? All those things are taken care of really when you just encounter Him because then you have a desire to do all those things. Yeah. So overall, that's what we pray for all three of them, um, as well as for Mm -hmm.
0: ourselves.
2: Specifically, You know, it changes probably by the week. One thing that that we have figured out works for us is we will um, identify, based on what's going on with one of them, we will come up with a sentence, a declaration, a sentence. So, for example, one of our children were voicing something to us in one of those treasured moments where they were actually telling us what they were feeling and thinking and what was in their heart. And they were believing things that weren't true. And so out of that, we came up with a sentence that your best is always more than enough. So that is the truth that countered that lie. Mm. And so it became something that even when we're not together, we not only speak over her, but we pray. We we just pray. And so Ellen and I don't get a lot of long time together, just the way our rhythm of our day goes, but we just agree mm. on that just one sentence, mm. and then we watch for the fruit of it. Yeah, We watch for her to believe it, Yeah, and for him to encounter her in that, and those things change as they change.
0: Gang, if you'd like a little help with that, we have an app at Ransomed Heart. It's free. It's a really helpful app. Um, you can get our podcast on there, you can watch video on there, but there's a section on there that's prayers. And if you go into it, there's the daily prayer for the head of a household. And that particular version is, as you're praying through the daily prayer, you are including your children in it. So moms, dads, grandparents, caregivers, aunts and uncles, um, you do have spiritual authority while they're young. And so that you might find that a helpful little tool, the daily prayer for heads of households, cause it just kind of guides you through including them in prayers every day. This has been huge. I just think this is gonna be a really, really often listened to podcast. Thanks for opening your hearts and your family stories to the world. And that's a little vulnerable, but it's really helpful for people to hear One, things aren't magical over here, there isn't the group of people that have everything figured out, you know, but two, there actually is a life with God through which you can navigate unique children, unique stages, unique seasons of life, and the things that come. So that's what we're all about, walking with Jesus in that. You've been listening to the Ransom Heart Podcast, this was a second installment in a two-part series on back to school. I'm John Eldridge, and if you are liking uh, what we're doing, would you tell your friends about our podcast? We'd love for this to go out across the world and, and just help bring more love and life and Jesus to people. Thanks.